When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to talk more Pac-12 football coming up here. We got USC taking on Colorado. USC a 34-and-a-half point favorite, and I don't think that's – I think that's even too little. We welcome on now Troy Clarity, Pac-12 Network, Compass Media. He'll be on the call for Wisconsin-Iowa coming up this weekend. Troy, thanks so much for giving us this time on a Friday night, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm here in beautiful downtown Cedar Rapids in decidedly not Pac-12 country, but uh, should be an intriguing one tomorrow uh, between the Badgers and the Hawkeyes and 34 points. That's all that, that USC for, for, for USC, Colorado. That's it. Only, wow. only, right. only 34 and a half points. And I spent some time in Iowa. Wow. I actually lived there. I covered the uh, Hawkeyes for a couple of years. You know, it's, it's going to be a okay. good time, but before we get into tonight's matchup, which kicks off here in about eight minutes, your thoughts on Iowa, Wisconsin, because man, last year I had such high hopes for Graham Mertz. You know, he was a four-star recruit for Wisconsin. He just hasn't really lived up to the hype. We know they've fired yeah. Paul Chris and I really, really like what they've done here the last couple of weeks, actually, since that firing. But how do you see this game playing out tomorrow? Where I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of points, but Wisconsin-Iowa should be should be a good battle of two pretty solid defenses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both these teams are just so similar. Both these programs are just so similar to each other and in, in, in how they're built and what they try to emphasize and how they try to win ball games. And that, that continues again here in, in this go-around with both teams you know, they try to establish the run a little bit. They try to win the line of scrimmage, and they try to beat you with defense and field position. If you love punting, oh, boy, have we got the game for you. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an intriguing – it's not going to be a study in contrast because both these teams try to win the exact same way. But who is going to fare better on the turnover margin? Who is going to be able to do what it needs to do? Because Wisconsin has had the upper hand. Uh, on Iowa over the last 10 years or so, I believe they're 8-2 and two over the Hawkeyes in this series, and much of that has been due to the Badgers winning the turnover battle more often than not. So, you know, these teams are so similar, and they're in, in similar boats. You know, neither team where they thought it would be at this point in the season. But, hey, you win this one, you're very much in the thick of the Big Ten West race. Good running backs for both squads, good defenses for both squads, and, oh, it's about 25 degrees or so right now. <laughs> it might, might not be much warmer for game time tomorrow. So should be an intriguing one. Looking forward to it. If you like defense, Troy, that is the game for you tomorrow. Uh, Colorado-USC might not be the game for you if you like defense. There's going to be some points in this no. game. What have you thought of the job Lincoln Riley has done here in year one with USC? Yeah, I think it's gone about how I thought it would. Um, offensively, I thought they would be, you know, pretty much stellar, and they have been. Caleb Williams needs no introduction. Jordan Addison, uh, when he's healthy, is probably the best receiver um, in the game, and they're just so loaded everywhere else offensively. Defensively, I had some questions. Wasn't exactly sure if they had the horses that they exactly needed to uh, entering the season. I think that's more or less been proven out. Now, is USC one of the top-tier teams in the Pac-12 to this point this season? Yes, along with Oregon and UCLA and um, and, and, and Utah as well. I'd put those uh, top four 
uh, in the uh, top tier in the Pac-12 uh, so far this season. So uh, as of right now, not surprised um, with how things have gone, but everything I think is going to come down, or at least a lot of things are going to come down anyway, to what happens next week. UCLA, USC. There's going to be a whole lot at stake in that one. Yeah. So, you know, USC shouldn't have too many problems here tonight against Colorado, and hopefully they're not looking ahead to next week. But so far, I think this season has gone more or less how I thought it would. Troy, you know, as an Oregon alum, we've always had, even back in the Dennis Dixon days, you know, we're ranked highly. Mm. But when it all comes down to it, we know that we can't really match up with an SEC team and sometimes not even Big Ten teams. And that, no matter what, has sort of proven out to be true, even with Dan Lanning taking over, coming over from Georgia, as you know, the example of getting mollywopped in week one. But Bo Nix has really started to come around, and this is only year mm-hmm. one. Like, what do you think the future holds for Oregon in terms of like really being a national contender? Well, it, it depends on whether Oregon can continue to get the uh, to, to get the, the players that that has been able to get um, over the years, and and to be able to get better in the trenches. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't quite as good as it had been. And look, if you're not good in the trenches, it's going to be tough to win anywhere especially when you're going up against upper echelon SEC competition like, like Oregon did back in week one. Now, granted, I think Oregon is a very – I think this Oregon team that's playing right now is a very different team than the one uh, that went to Atlanta and just got curb stomped against Georgia in the, uh, in the opening week of the season. So, you know, Oregon's playing a lot better right now with Bo Nix finding a rhythm. Their defense is also starting to put some things together as well. But, you know, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Because there's no, and let's face it, there's no natural, you know, recruiting hotbed, you know. <laughs> I mean, Oregon's no. got some talented players, but enough to be able to compete on a national basis? No. So Oregon just needs to just keep recruiting as well as it has for the, for the better part of, gosh, over two decades or so now. And they should be all right. They should, they should stay in the upper tier um, in the Pac-12 as long as that continues. Yeah, vegan oh, and health, health. And, and staying healthy isn't a bad thing either. Yeah, vegan food is like very normal in Oregon, so we're not exactly pumping out O-linemen <laughs> or D-line. Got to beat them with speed. <laughs> Troy, I actually want to stick with Oregon really quickly because tomorrow, big game for them. I know that Washington has a couple losses now, but they're still nationally ranked 24th in the country. I love what they've done. by What, what I mean by that is they fired Jimmy Lake because he was a disaster. Michael Penix, you know, I know he's kind of come back down to earth, but a great start to the season. They're 7-2. and two. Do you see this maybe as a potential letdown spot for Oregon because they're two touchdown favorites? And I'm more focused on that game coming up next week, Saturday, November 19th, against Utah, who you brought up a little bit earlier. Do you think maybe this could be a sleepy spot for them and they could get caught sleepwalking? No, for this simple reason. Oregon-Washington is one of the most hotly contested rivalries that I don't think people really realize. Uh, In in the Pac-12, you know, there's so much hatred and venom between Oregon and Washington, probably even more so than there is between Oregon and Oregon State. Thousand percent. Thousand percent, Troy. Yeah, Apple Cup, there's probably that that, that hatred and venom there, but but I don't think a lot of people realize just how much emotion gets stirred up between the Ducks and the Huskies. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that everyone in the green and gold and the purple and gold uniforms know full well, I don't think Oregon's going to be looking past Washington. And plus, look, 
Michael Penix has performed very well. He's got a bunch of young receivers who can who can make big plays for him. Defense, uh, but they've been able to make plays here and there. But no, because of the magnitude of this rivalry, because of the of, of the, 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 the the vitriol yeah. with which this rivalry is is conducted. No, no yeah. right down here. I don't, I don't I don't foresee that for Oregon. And I love Kalen DeBoer. I just don't know how they get stopped. So I'm with you there. But let me put you on the spot then. I know it's a week away, but do you think who do you, who do you got early on? Just just who wins the game? Oregon, Utah, because Oregon has just been electric since week one. And Utah's kind of been a disappointment defensively, but we know they're always tough in these big games. Well, the Stanford fan and follower in me would like to say, hey, let's hang on and wait and see what Utah does against Stanford this week. Yeah. But quite honestly, the you shouldn't have too many problems um, <laughs> against the Cardinals. Look, it, it's tough to go into uh, Eugene and, and, and win a ball game, and it will be tough, I think, for Utah as well. Now, if they're able to put together maybe some of the level of defensive play that, that we saw certainly a lot of last year, maybe not quite so much of this year, then I would like I would like Utah's chances of uh, getting stuff done uh, up up in Oregon. So that that'll be that'll be a fun one to watch. Hey, between that game and UCLA USC, yeah. November nineteenth is going to be big stuff up and down the Pac twelve. Big day for the Conference of Champions, no doubt about it. Troy, tomorrow UCLA and Arizona. The total in that game is seventy seven. Uh, how would you advise anybody with an under ticket in their hand watching that game? Would you be very nervous betting the under, even though it's 77 points? <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm not the most calm better. I'm not really a better, but I'm not, <laughs> I, I, even if I was, I wouldn't be very calm by any of it at any point. But no, I, I, I would advise those who want to skew in that direction to take another closer look at Arizona's defense which just has not been very effective really at any point throughout the course of the season to this point. And there's really no real reason for me to think that it's going to all of a sudden rise up and become the desert swarm again against Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet, uh, Kashmir Allen, uh, Jake Bobo. I mean, UCLA has just got so many fantastic weapons. And, oh, by the way, Chip Kelly pulling all the strings. Um I, I would not advise that. Look, people can do whatever they want with their money. You know, you, you want to go that route, fine. Just be advised and, and take another second closer look at the Arizona defense before you really commit to that. Troy, I just kind of want to, like, wrap this up and ask you a little bit about Oregon State versus Cal. Oregon State, obviously, I think has overperformed most people's expectations. They've been a very pesky team all season long. And then you look at a Cal team that's three and six. Uh, Oregon State getting thirteen and uh, giving thirteen and a half points at home to Cal. Uh, what's your estimation of how this thing's going to break down? Cal has no offensive line, yeah. and when you don't have an offensive line, uh, you're going to have problems. Uh, Jack Plummer. Every time I watch a Cal game, and every time I look up at the TV screen, I just see him running for his life, taking big hits and wondering if he's going to survive the ball game. That is a major, major problem. And as a result of that, you know, some of their biggest weapons, and they've they got some guys. Yeah, you know, Jaden Odd, a terrific freshman running back who came out smoking at the early part of the season, but haven't seen him be quite as effective, A, because of the offensive line, uh, B, because he can't pass protect yet. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an issue. If you can't pass protect and, you, and your offensive line can't pass protect either, it's going to be tough as a running back for you to see a lot of playing time in those uh, certain circumstances. So uh, Cal, just not strong in the trenches to this point. 
Um, Oregon State, better there. Uh, and and there, look, I, I, I wish I could remember who said this. Oregon State is a very, very solid squad at 21 positions. The 22nd position just happens to be quarterback. And yeah. <laughs> it's a good between Chance Nolan and Ben, ben Branson, who have had some, had some decent moments and have made some big throws, but just not consistently enough for Oregon State to really, truly break into consideration as being one of the top-tier teams in the Pac-12. I thought they'd be a mid-tier team in the conference, and so far that's been borne out. But with Cal having so many struggles on the offensive line, protecting the quarterback and, and opening up holes, might be a tough task for the Bears to come away with this one. No, Troy, that's a great point, too, because if Chance Nolan doesn't throw four picks against USC, they probably beat USC. we got 60 seconds. Yeah. Before we let you go, if you could get one team, you know, I know you're a big Pac-12 guy, if you could get one team into the playoff, who do you think, and it's going to be tough, who do you think would actually have a chance against a team like Georgia or, you know, Tennessee on a neutral field to at least hang within, you know, seven, ten points? Would it be USC for you, or would it be Oregon or Utah? Or UCLA, I should give um, some respect to, I guess, too. You know what? I, I, my, my initial inclination was to lean a bit more towards UCLA, quite really? honestly. Okay. Uh, but I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't throw Oregon out of consideration there either, Thanks. just based on how Oregon has been playing of late. But UCLA, you've got a veteran quarterback. You've got a bruising running back. Uh, you've got an offensive line that's, that's shifty and mobile and physical as well. And you've got a defense that can move around, too. That would be intriguing to see. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Obviously, they got a couple of bigger hurdles to, uh, to overcome between now and then. But, but my first inclination is towards UCLA. Ask me again next week, and I'll probably have a different answer. Troy, thanks so much, man. Good luck to Stanford. Even though you guys beat my team, Notre Dame, I don't care anymore because we got to beat Clemson. Enjoy so have Iowa. a good rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you guys. It's been 25 degrees out here. I'm going back inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the best. Stay warm, that's Troy. Where, that's where I usually hang out when I'm in Iowa. Inside. <laughs> Troy Clarity, the Pac-12 network. Why is he outside? Network. That's the question. Is like, why can he? Why does he have to talk to us outside? That's... Maybe he's got loud people next to him or something. Yeah, maybe playing he's... some Cotton Eye Joe or something. He wants... <laughs> he wants to get acclimated to the elements before tomorrow. Maybe somebody's blasting KSIB in the room next to him when Horvat used to do overnights there, oh rock my and Ryan. Goodness. Who are you? And that was Vince Gill. Hey, coming up, guys. Eric Church <laughs> said some pretty controversial things. Let's get to them.